Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Greg Maturi, currently the pastor of St. Dominic's Parish in Youngstown. Welcome, Father. Thanks for having me, Tim. It's great to see you again. We're going to continue our discussion about what we believe as Catholics as we go through the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church. And this week we're talking about the sacraments, and today we're going to continue our discussion on the Eucharist. So in the last show we talked about the Eucharist as being the actual body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And as the Catechism teaches, it's the source and summit of the life as a Christian. But I've I've been asked and I've been told that 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 isn't what the Scripture teaches because if it really is the body and blood of Christ, then we're committing a sin of cannibalism. So what would you say to somebody that would say that, Father? Yeah, no, I mean, that was the... Uh retort of the Jews uh, in John chapter 6, how can he ask us to eat his body and drink his blood? And um, that's, you know, the, the, we're not asking him to eat earthly body, we're asking him to eat a human body that has been risen and ascended. And uh, that kind of transformation means that um, the, the, the eating, uh, like, like Augustine said, Whereas in normal food, normal, we eat normal food, uh, that food becomes part of us. When we eat this food, we become part of it. We become part of Jesus Christ. By eating his risen and ascended body, uh, we're, not eating, uh, we're not committing cannibalism. Rather, we're becoming more a part of uh, the, the, the glorified body of Jesus. I mean, I think that's important. You know, we think about... Uh, the, the mass as a banquet, and it's a you know a, a, sign, a pledge of future glory for the heavenly banquet. You know, it's in some way a preparation for the heavenly banquet. Um, that uh, what we the the the, the I, eating is a very intimate act. There's a certain intimacy that. Um, occurs between us and Jesus at the Eucharist. And, you know, it's, it's hard to express in words, and that's why uh, Scripture and the Church prevent, present certain, certain images to help us. Uh, you know, one of the images for the Eucharist is um, bride and bridegroom. Jesus is the bridegroom. The Church is the bride. The, the Eucharist is the wedding banquet where we are celebrating the marriage between Christ and his bride, the church. Um, we have the image of the new Adam. Jesus, uh, by his death and resurrection, has become the new Adam, uh, the father of the new humanity. And so we are, uh, there's a new creation going on. This is, this is part of what's happening in the Eucharist. Um, uh, the lamb is being slain. Uh, so, in a sense, we are eating the slain lamb, uh, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. 
so this this mystery, what the way we avoid cannibalism, it's it's really not a um, valid objection. Cannibalism is not a valid objection because the mystery we are partaking in is so much richer than um, than a charge like cannibalism would come about. Plus, cannibalism is eating human flesh. We're actually partaking of divine flesh. So Jesus is truly God and truly man. So we're, we're being obedient by doing what he says. Take and eat this and do this in memory of me. So and, we're actually being obedient. And yeah, and as I say, it's, it's not earthly flesh. It's uh, a resurrected and ascended human body, which is something completely different. Some, there, you know, there's some kind of continuity between Jesus' earthly body and his resurrected and ascended body, but there's also infinite dis difference as well. Um, you know, and, and this is important for us because when we die and rise from the dead, we are going to be different. There'll be some continuity between our physical body now and our resurrected and ascended body, and yet there will be some kind of change that makes it radically different and that's that's part of the mystery remember the sacraments are mysteries too we even say that at mass celebrate these mysteries that that somehow uh, and you never fully understand a mystery uh, the way one approaches a mystery is by trying to penetrate a mystery not so much uh, understand it completely but to penetrate it more deeply and it's a sacred mystery and it takes faith, just like we don't really understand God, but we believe in God and we love God, even though we'll never fully understand who That's he right. is. That's right. We understand him to some extent, but we don't fully understand him. And uh, so we need images and analogies to help us to understand. Some of those analogies will be perfect analogies, and some will be imperfect analogies or metaphors. But, um, you know, uh, with regards to the Eucharist, one of the issues uh, that comes up very often is um, women priesthood. Why, why are only men allowed to be priests? And this is, a, this is a very important topic to answer. There's a very good reason. And, um, you know, Jesus, we talk about Jesus as choosing men to be apostles, to be his priests. Um, and, uh, and there's that. But again, the image that's the Eucharist, bridegroom and bride, Jesus is the bridegroom, the new Adam, uh, the father of the new humanity. He is the son, the eternal son, son of God and son of man. Um, and so these are the, the images, the analogies that are very much an intrinsic part of the mystery that we celebrate in the Eucharist. And so the, the priest who stands in for Christ needs to be able to embody these images, these analogies, uh, in a way that is immediately perceptible, immediately understandable, that can actually draw a person in by its, by its very imagery itself, can draw a person into the mystery. Uh, so I think I think these are these are aspects that that answer that question. So the point is, Jesus was a man, and if when you administer the sacraments, whether it's confession, 
but especially at Mass in the Eucharist, you're in the person of Jesus Christ. You're standing in for Christ because while you're his servant, it's actually Christ himself because you don't say Christ said, this is my body. You say the words as if you are Christ because Christ is the one who's actually, this is my body, this is my blood, which was given up for you. That's right. And so this is my body. The priest says this is my body. because, um, But when when we're talking about the sacraments in general, and the Eucharist in particular, we're talking about analogies and images that are God-given, that that are very much, because we talk about the sacraments as signs that confer grace, uh, sacramental signs confer grace. And so the signs themselves, so what are the signs of the Eucharist that are essential to the Eucharist? Jesus, as he is the bridegroom, the new Adam, the... Um, the Son of God, Son of Man, um, you know, as he uh, is Father of the new humanity. Um, these are the aspects that are an intrinsic part of uh, a Jesus. And that, and that while we may think about Jesus in other aspects, too, he was our friend, he's our brother, um, you know, whatever, the intrinsic aspects of the Eucharist are these analogies. Another good point that you made earlier, Father, is that the unleavened bread and the wine unite the Old Testament with the New Testament. The old Passover, the original Passover of the Jews, and now Catholics as fulfilled Jews, we're uniting those themes, if you will, in those images, and now we have Christ. But Great point, Tim. You know, the Eucharist is the fulfillment of all the sacrifices of the Old Testament. Every single sacrifice that was in the Old Testament is fulfilled in Jesus' death and resurrection, which is the sacrifice that we celebrate, the mystery that we celebrate in his death and resurrection, that we celebrate and enter into in the Eucharist. So that the Eucharist is not simply a remembrance, it's not simply a memorial. We actually enter into this mystery in a way that um, goes beyond human resources. And... Uh, we need to, you know, that's why we need to be reverent at Mass. You know, there are times when we kneel at Mass. There are times when we stand, but always reverent, always paying attention at Mass. Um, you know, it's easy to get distracted at Mass because Mass is not an exciting thing. Um, but we really need to make the effort not to get distracted, to pay attention to what's going on there. That's Jesus there and we are going to receive him and we are going to enter into his life in a way this is the eternal son of god this is the new adam this is my bridegroom you know this is the father of the new this is the new humanity this is salvation this is the eucharist so that make it more important than if lebron was at mass <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean uh, it is. It's. It's interesting that we, you know we pay closer attention to uh, sports events than we do at mass. That's why I mentioned that because that was the same way, and and it is easy to take it for granted, especially if you go every day or or even every week. But the fact of the matter is, and you make a great point, Father, the living God is giving Himself to us for the asking. It's a free gift of grace. It's a free gift of love. He gives us Himself freely if we'll just take the time to go to mass and in a state of grace give ourselves the opportunity to be able to receive him 
Exactly. And, you know, when we go to Mass, we can unite our sufferings with those of Jesus on the cross in a special way so that if we're suffering, if we're sad, if we're lonely, if we feel disenfranchised from family or the church, all we need to do is go to Mass and, uh, and spill our hearts out to the Lord. We can talk to him as we talk to a friend who's in the same room with us. And it doesn't matter if we don't get along with the priest or if we don't get along with the people next to us. Jesus is there, and we can talk to him and spill out. And, you know, it's so special a time that the church even offers us communion with Jesus outside of Mass, though connected to Mass, namely adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. Through adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, when it's exposed, we actually participate in the grace of the Eucharist in a special way, even outside of Mass. Well said, Father. You've been listening to Father Greg Maturi as we go through the UCAT and the sacraments of the Catholic Church, in particular today, the Holy Eucharist. Could we have uh, your blessings on the, our listeners, please, Father? Sure. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Just a reminder that all our past Faithful Father shows are archived at livingbreadradio.com. And if you need to find a certain subject of a show, right on the home page in the upper right-hand side is a search box. Just type in the subject that you're looking for, and all the shows will be listed right there on the page. It's an easy way to find any subject that we've covered here on Faithful Father. This has been Tim Perry, your host, reminding you God loves you more than you can imagine. Bye for now. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.